Welcome to the show, Paul George, Adam Conk, right here in studio. Adam, it's been a busy week, man. It's been a busy, busy, busy week. We decided during this pandemic to be doing a live morning show on the radio. So we're doing like, I don't know, six shows a week right now. Yeah, we've never pumped out this much content, you and I. And it's it's been a good time, you know, to preach the gospel and help encourage folks because it's getting rough out there. It is in in our neck of the woods in Louisiana. Um, this is the time where it's really starting to to uh, get bad. People are dying. People are getting sick. And um, but this is why we need the church. We need the church to not shut down. We can't let the church shut down. We got to be very active. And so. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, it is um, crazy. We'll get to it. Lots of news this week. Lots of, you know, the church isn't shutting down. Like, there's lots of great things happening. And you kind of see the church rise up in the midst of adversity. You kind of think it's going to go away. It's going to go dormant and silent. And we can't gather on Sundays. But, you know, the things that are happening, the ministry that's happening online, and like, you know, what our clergy's doing, and just all the things. It's like the, the, the presence of God is just in the midst of everything. And uh, that's usually when we see it, man, in times mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that uh, we have adversity. But, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of, lots of craziness. Um, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of craziness, have you seen this? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Uh, is, was that a good lead-in? Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, was that like the perfect lead-in? Have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> like you would have never known where we were going there. No. So uh, I was showing you this because you have seen it, but I was so impressed with it was the um, the world's largest skateboard. Did you see this? Uh, it's huge. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people, humans. Nine grown men. On a skateboard. And to be honest with you, they could at least fit another nine yes. on that thing. Like it, it's like these it's huge. truck tires are the size of the tires, you know, and yeah. then they are standing <laughs> on the skateboard. And all I keep thinking is I would love to do that. <laughs> well, I'm sure it still exists. Is this a recently done thing or is this a video of an I old thing? I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, found it. It was online and it caught my attention these are like, you know, look at this thing. This thing is huge. It's it is the size of a, um, yeah. It's got truck tires <laughs> for the tires. Look at that thing, and they're they're actually skateboarding on it down a hill. Yeah, it's very fast. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to do that. Yeah, it's so big that you can social distance on it. Yes, you could have a crowd of less than ten on that skateboard, social distancing, six feet and away down the hill. That's how big it is. And they're going down this hill, and and then they pull it back up the hill with a truck and a, and a <laughs> tow do. rope. I mean, it looks so big. So look, look this up if you got a second. Google it. World's, World's largest skateboard. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing: is that people are really thinking of creative things to do during this time, you mm-hmm. know. And what I love about this time, although um, there are a lot of things I don't love, but what I love about the t- this time is that you see people being human again. Mm-hmm. Like literally. Like people being human, like being nice to each other, uh, people uh, at least like in our home and our neighborhood, walking outside now, leaving their garages open. Not that like people are like hanging out, like, but like just you see kind of community because everybody's not so busy, like you know, distracted with work and phones and you know, just constantly staying busy. And I think oftentimes what we what we do is people ask how we're doing, and we're like, oh, I'm busy, man. I'm just busy, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the common term. To say, right? I'm I'm busy. Well, we're all busy, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's not like you can say, "Well, I'm busy," unless you're like you're in the medical field and like you're on the front lines. It's kind of like this space right now where uh, we don't have any excuse to kind of evaluate or reevaluate where we are in life, right? Yeah, it seems so bizarre driving through town and people are actually in their yard. Or in their driveway playing basketball or jogging and riding bikes. And it's bizarre because I didn't realize how little of that went on until now. I mean, driveway chalk is making a comeback. I mean, water balloons, like Nerf guns, like all these things that are fun interactions with people, with 
siblings, with whatever, are all making a comeback. You're like, no, this is what it's like supposed to be about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, are other things going to come back? I've like, been fishing with my kids and fishing? just hanging okay. out and playing and, you know, and not not to downplay what's the seriousness of what's going on because on the serious side of things is that um, if we're not affected personally by the virus in a sense of we don't work in a you know medical clinic where we're fighting the virus or we don't know someone who's sick we we kind of feel like oh that's just distant right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It, it's not it doesn't affect me but the reality is as you and I have been doing the morning show is we've been getting some some call-ins or text-ins and stories of uh, pretty sad situations of you know one hospital had 60 workers um Test, test positive, positive yeah. for coronavirus. Um, one hospital had a 36-year-old pregnant mom mm-hmm. pass away. You know, and you hear these stories. You, you you see the spread. And, of course, New Orleans, which is a couple hours from where we live um, because of the density of the population. And they didn't know about coronavirus before they caught it, right? So it it's... It started spreading before we found out about it. Yeah, we just had Mardi Gras. And we had Mardi Gras and, you know, very dense population, people close together, lots of parties, things like that. And now, you know, New Orleans finds itself as sort of leading, one of the leading cities per capita of the virus. And so people are freaking out. The economy shut down in a lot of ways. The government's thinking about the stimulus package. People have lost their jobs or on furlough or on leave. Um, the unemployment um, is skyrocketing. There's a lot of, you know, I was talking to my neighbors. You know, everybody's just kind of like, how long is this going to go? What are we going to do? And I keep stepping back. And even in my own fear and worry and anxiety, I was talking to my wife and just saying, how does, what is God trying to teach us during this time? How does God want us to grow during this time? Because if we don't, take advantage of this time we will will be bitter right we'll be frustrated we'll be constantly angry um and then after this is over we won't be better right it's interesting if you think about how many stories of the lives of the saints include either pandemics or natural disasters or diseases um very tough situations for everybody. And I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, these times draw out from us either heroic holiness and commitment to Jesus or not, right? Like as a Christian, this time is a time for who, what are you committed to, who you're committed to, and are you going to let yourself give in to the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the bitterness or are you going to give in to Jesus at this time? But it takes a heroic faith to stay focused on Jesus when you're scared, when you don't know what's going to happen. And so I encourage everybody during this time, if you're at home with your family, find some saint movies or videos or, or read about saints that went through times like this. Um, Mother Teresa comes to mind. She lived in this kind of situation. She went to poverty, the poverty in Calcutta, which is so dire or was so dire, still is, and she saw people dying on the streets, no one to care for them. Like she she saw the types of things we see in newsreels from Italy and from New Orleans. She saw that on a daily basis all the time. And it was in that adversity, that place where she became that heroic Christian, that she she lived a heroic virtue. And so we can look to her as an example. But there are others in the history of the church that live through these types of things. We can look to them. Absolutely. You know, we say, uh, sometimes we use the term that, you know, I can't unsee that, right? You Mm -hmm. see something, you're like, I'll never, I can't unsee it. Like, it's just kind of stuck in my mind and my memory. That could be good or bad. And I remember, um, you know, just going through the adversity of Hurricane Katrina. And there's, there's certain moments that I can't unsee. Like, I literally, like, my mind can't delete the picture of seeing, you know, dead folks, Mm -hmm. seeing homes, seeing people crying over their homes. Uh, There are certain faces that, uh, you know, I spent six months in a shelter working with folks. 
there are certain folks I remember their names and their faces. This is 2005. Like I can barely remember my kids' birthdays. <laughs> and uh, their names and faces I can't forget. Their interactions, there's moments where people cried, people were dying, people got married in the shelter. I'll never forget. Um, you can't unsee it, right? And I remember there were times where I went home at night so tired and exhausted thinking, I, I can't do this anymore. And um, getting up the next day and just knowing that I had to do it. And just thinking of all the lessons I learned during that time of adversity, right? <clears throat> the things that God was teaching me and showing me. Like my the way I see people today is different because of that experience, right? Mm -hmm. The way that I treat people is different because of that experience. And you talk about Mother Teresa who lived this almost daily, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if she wasn't traveling um, to the first world, uh, she was living in the third world, experiencing death, dying, disease, poverty, like, like never before. And in that adversity, in that toughness is where the gospel came to life. It came to life. Like, uh, and for us, it's during this time of adversity, it's during this time of of tension during this time of uh, the unknown, the worry and fear where God becomes more tangible than ever and wants to grow us and show us who he is more than ever. And people are willing to listen right now more than ever, maybe in their life, you know? Right. Because when we think we got it all under control, we don't really need God. But then right now we all feel this helplessness. You know, we all feel like the rug was pulled out from under us. We're open to the message of the gospel. And so it's a great time to not only lean into God for ourselves, but also help others to lean in as well and others to see God in his presence. And so when we're talking with people, we should be honest about our struggles, about what we're worried about, our anxieties, but we should also point out to people where we see God moving in the midst of all that right. to help them see that for themselves. Because this could be a life-changing experience in a good way for a lot of people if we're willing to share the gospel with them in this time. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a break. It's Paul and Adam here on the show. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George, Adam Conk in studio, talking all things art of living. You know, it is an interesting time, Adam, and we're talking about that. And, um, you know, I, I think during this time, I, I'm learning a lot about myself and about other folks. And during this, you know, it's like I'm stepping back, asking the questions. What we're talking about is really what is what does God want to show us during this time? And how does he want to grow us during this time? Mm -hmm. I think if you if you're real honest about your situation and where you are, it's like ah oh, yeah, yeah you know I'm learning a lot about myself at home now because I'm I'm home more maybe about my parenting or my relationship with my spouse. I'm learning a lot about what I do during downtime and you know I learn a lot about how distracted I am even when I don't have anything to do. You know I'm playing video games or I'm on my phone or you know I'm not interacting with the folks who are actually in my house. I'm learning a lot about, you know, the fact that uh, I don't trust God during this time. I'm, I'm reaching, I'm grasping. Like, you, you could really evaluate yourself during a time of adversity. It, would, it shows you a lot about who you are, not in a self-condemning way, but in a way of like, oh, man, like, I've stopped and paused long enough to kind of recognize some things that I haven't seen. And what do you do with this knowledge, Paul George? This new self-knowledge. What can you do? You dig a hole in your backyard and you bury it. Really? Yeah. You dig a grave. <laughs> dig it down deep. <laughs> you put it six feet under. Wow. Then that's the end of the show. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a, in a lot of ways, I mean, because, you know, we're recording the show in Lent, and it is Lent, 
is that that really is sort of the essence of Lent is putting death the old self, mm. right? Jesus doesn't die on a cross for our entertainment, you know, for our spectatorship. Jesus <laughs> dies on a cross with great purpose and meaning, you know? And it's interesting that um, it was during times of adversity that even Jesus learned a lot about himself. I mean, think about the agony in the garden, right? Think about uh, the temptation in the desert where, where, where Jesus is learning a whole lot about himself during this intense time of temptation and adversity, fasting, right? And just begging God to be present with him, even like when he's sweating blood in the garden. And the Father, of course, does not abandon him, and he doesn't abandon us. And I think, to your point earlier about the self-knowledge, the self-awareness about, you know, ourselves should lead us to the Father's arms. It should lead us not to feel despairing or, con- you know, condemned, like, oh, I'm so terrible because I can't spend 20 minutes with my kids in a room without going crazy, or I'm so terrible because I'm losing my temper with my spouse. That's not the point of becoming aware of these things. The point is to lead us to the Father's arms, uh, just like Jesus does in those moments of agony, those moments of temptation. He he stays in the presence of his Father, and so should we. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, you know, I'm learning a lot about myself during this time. What have you, you learned? Know, kind of evaluating. Well, I'm learning that I, I can distract myself if I want to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm learning that uh, I stress eat. Do you? Yeah. yeah getting I'm that like, Corona 15 going? Getting the Corona 15. Nice. I'm um, at home a lot. Um, although I do exercise and work out, I, f- I still feel like I'm, um, I'm <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got some time on my hands. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, but I'm learning that um, uh, vacation has always been hard for me, like mm-hmm. downtime. Like I'm just, my mind's always going. I like to be busy. This is like an extended, like, what the heck. And so I'm trying to embrace the uneasiness of having downtime and <clears throat> really investing that time in relationship with my wife and my kids so that it has purpose, it has meaning, that I don't look back and say, you know, I, I wasted that time we had. I wasted the time that was given to us. It was a gift. You know, my wife and I have said for years that the one thing that we wish we had was time. You know, as our kids are getting older and One's off at college and the others are, you know, when they grow and they start driving, you, you know, they're, they're busy too. And now, uh, you know, they're, they're forced to be home. They're schooling at home and they can't go anywhere. And we're all going crazy in a sense of because socially we want to be around our friends and do stuff and get out. I think that's healthy. But it's really forcing us this time, this time that is so essential that I think so much in our culture, the one thing that we lose is time. And it's the thing that's valuable, right? And it's easy to waste time and you never get it back. And there's a good way to waste time, actually, if you're wasting it with people, doing something not productive. A lot of people think that's a waste of time. But if you're you know, playing a board game together, if you're just hanging out, if you're just talking, sitting on the back porch on your rocking chair just watching people drive by. Right. That is a great way to waste time. Absolutely. Um, but there's a bad way to waste time too, and that is I didn't accomplish anything good with my time. You know, I didn't invest in a relationship. I didn't invest in my prayer life. And so I don't think what you're proposing, and I don't think anybody should have this goal, is that every minute of our day is like super Catholic minute where I'm just getting stuff done. Because that's not what the Lord wants for us either. But actually, that every minute of the day has a purpose that He's designed. Um, and some of that's going to be rest. Some of that's going to be downtime with your with your family or just even by yourself, you know. But it's in a way that's refreshing you and like rejuvenating you. A lot of us rest in very poor ways, you know. Netflix binging is not rest, actually. You know, it's it might be a distraction. When we watch with our spouse, it could be a way for us to connect. But it's not the same thing as as rest. Right. It's not the same. No, and and there's a balance to it all. You know, we watched a Netflix documentary series called The Pharmacist. I don't know if you've seen it. Is it like a drug dealer or something? It's really good. It's actually 
didn't know it at the time, but it's based in Louisiana. You're kidding. Yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, uh, outside of New Orleans, uh, this pharmacist who uh, whose son died uh, in drugs, but he ended up uncovering through trying to find his son's uh, killer, uh, the um, Oxycontin opioid epidemic that was going on in the community and these doctors that were giving out these drugs illegally. It's it's like crazy. It's fascinating. It's hmm. very very good. So we we ended up binge watching that one. Nice together. Together. Yeah. Yeah. We found something in common uh, that we did together. But you know that was time. Like and that's the one thing that um, you know God's trying to teach me during this time is that time's more valuable than everything else mm-hmm. for me. You know and I. Yeah, sure. I'm worried and stressed about work, and you know, what am I going to do? Things like that. Uh, but, um, but can I value the time? Like, can I place time above my concerns of other things that I value? Right. Yeah. And time is not only time with with my family and my wife, and investing that time, but time with God. Right. So, just I think God is trying to teach me that even having time with him and resting with him is good. It's healthy, you know, and to not always be so active that I can't stop and spend time with God. So I think, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that God's trying to, to, to teach me and to help me grow in during this time that I want to maybe invite all of you guys into one is, uh, growing in trust, growing in trust in God. I don't know if, you need to grow in trust at all. I need to grow in all the things. In all the trust things. is important. Yeah, I mean, you know, trust is one of those things that, um, you know, like we all need a little bit more of. But uh, it's, you know, it really is an act of surrender because you know, trust is just saying, like, you know, do you trust me for what's about to happen? And that's either a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, if I jump, will you catch me? Do you trust me? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of risk involved. There is a lot of risk in trusting Jesus. You know, so in trusting the Lord with your situation right now, uh, trusting the Lord in whatever you have going on, you know, your worry, fear, anxiety, the economy, the job, whatever, is putting your trust in God is just surrendering. It's just saying, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know where this is going. But either A, I can trust you. You are B, I can trust myself. That's basically what it comes down to. And when you have this sense of the anxiety starting to boil up, don't don't like stuff it down and say, I'm not listening to that. I'm trusting Jesus. Don't do that. Because all that will do is you'll break down as a loose cannon in a few days when you just can't take it anymore and you're just going to go nuts. What does that look like? <sighs> I've seen it a few times. Like digging a hole in the backyard? I guess so. <laughs> But take that energy, take that tension, take that anxiety, and then bring it to Jesus. So don't say, I'm ignoring this, Jesus. Let it ins- invite you into prayer. And if you need to step away, like tell your spouse, hey, I just need to go pray for like 10 minutes. I'm feeling anxious. Great. Or go with your spouse. Hey, can we pray together for 10 minutes or something like that? I, I feel anxious. Take the energy. Let it resolve itself in prayer. And that's the thing. During this time, one of the great investments we can make is training ourselves that anxiety anxiety needs to resolve itself in trust through prayer. The process of that is prayer. If it's not resolved, it's going to stay, it's going to linger, and it's going to underpin everything we do. It'll underpin our prayer life, our relationship with others. It's going to be there. It doesn't go away. The only way to really in a healthy way, deal with anxiety is to let it resolve itself in trust in Jesus. How does that happen? Through prayer. Prayer that expresses the fear, expresses the doubt, the worry. This is what the book, half of the Psalms are this. Right. Half of the Psalms are, Lord, someone's trying to kill me. Right. Right. (laughs) Lord, like, there's a famine in the land. Lord, there's armies encamped against me, but even then I will trust. Right? So, Half the Psalms, at least, are this exact thing, resolving anxiety, fear, and worry in trust in God through the process of prayer and praising Him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the verses, trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. 
trust in the Lord, lean not on your own, yourself, your own understanding. This is hard for us because trust is a posture, it's an attitude, but it also is an action. It is it is willing yourself to say, I trust in God more than I trust in my own understanding. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a choice to trust right now, even though it's difficult, even though it's hard. Uh, even though I don't want to, even though I want to trust in myself. And so it does require our action, our choice, our will to step in and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust in you more than myself, more than my own understanding. And that's why so many of the saints, you know, it's like, Jesus, I trust in you, right? That simple prayer, like saints prayed that over and over and over again. Why? Because they, they had to, like they needed to trust in Jesus. They, they had, they had nowhere else to go, but him. And one of the ways that I, I feel like that, you know, not only I, but other folks need to grow and God's just giving us time to grow in it during this time is, is growing in trust. Just this, this act, this willing of saying daily or even each moment of our day, Jesus, I trust in you. And one of the sides of trust too is, being on the lookout for God to come through. Hmm. So trust is not, I can't deal with it anyway, Lord, you deal with it. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm just going to not think about it. I'm just going to not deal with it. God, you deal with it. That's not exactly trust. Trust is, wow, this is a pretty big situation, but God, you're going to come through, and I trust in you, and so I'm going to keep looking for you to come through. Mm -hmm. And when you do, I'm going to notice it. The problem with putting our head down and grinning and bearing it is that we don't look up. Right. We don't notice when God is actually coming through. That's true. So part of this trust, part of the saintly trust that the saints model for us is that we keep our head up, you know, and we keep looking for God to do something. And you know what? He is going to do something. Yeah. Well, trust requires an action to jump, to surrender. We, you know, as I mentioned that earlier and I want to get back to it, is that, is that, you know, if you're on the edge of a cliff and uh, you have to jump, you, you if you go back, like, you know, there's, you know, I don't know, quicksand. And then in front of you... A mountain lion. A mountain lion. There's, you got to jump. And, <laughs> a bobcat. You know, God's in the over there said, just jump, I'll catch you. And and then you you kind of say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. You have to actually jump. You have to do something. So in these moments... Um, trusting is also an action of, okay, Lord, I'm going to take a step forward. I'm going to move forward and trust that you're going to take care of this situation or me or whatever is at hand. I'm going to, I'm going to jump. I'm going to mm -hmm. surrender. I'm going to live my life with open hands. Right. And, um, and just look to you to catch me. And that's it. That's, all you can do. I've never heard of a story of a guy of a God who dropped anybody. Yeah. You know, uh, I've yet to hear someone say they regretted the whole God thing. You know, I mean, I've not heard that yet. I mean, I, I've heard folks who struggle in their relationship with God or yeah. even atheists, but you know, almost in a sense to justify their behavior is a rejection of God. Right. You know, um, but but those that go all in on God in that trust, I've never heard them be disappointed. Um, I've heard and I've experienced that God redirects our expectations to where we think it should happen one way, but then God makes it happen another way. But then we realize, oh, that was better than my plan anyway. Right, absolutely. So maybe a good uh, theme song for our prayer is Tom Petty's Free Falling. That would be great. I'm free. <laughs> you should... You should sing it. Free falling. I like that. Um, Adam is a musician. By Free the way. falling for Jesus. Play music, and I've been trying to get him to play music on the show for some reason. Well, I play music on the. I press play. Oh, you do press play. That's true. Yeah. So, how is God inviting you to grow during this time? You know, how can you take advantage of growing during this time? What is God trying uh, to teach you? during this time more than ever. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Paul and Adams, Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs 
while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul and Adam. In studio, we are free-falling. The Art of Surrender. Surrender. Yeah. You're a little delirious. This is your (laughs) sixth show of the week. You Um, too, sir. We are on air a lot this week. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. Actually, one of the the cool things that we did on the live show this week was um, we asked people to text in on the live number. Folks that are on the front lines in the medical field who were working out there, and over the course of the week, we had, you know, I would say over 100 names that were mm-hmm. sent in that we prayed for. And, you know, during this time, like, like it is true, there are people who are experiencing lots of different sufferings, you know? It's hard to name one because everybody's experiencing it in a different way. Some folks are working hard right now mm-hmm. to to help people. They're in hospitals or you know, medical units, um, you know, some folks are stressed cause they lost a job. You know, some doctors are out there working, you know, absorbent amount of hours or nurses. Some folks are sick in the hospital and can't be visited. Some people have the virus, like everybody's suffering or experiencing this in a different way. But I think we have to keep in mind that there are people who are actually sick and suffering right now that we need to continue to pray for. Mm-hmm. Keep and, them in mind and pray and for them. And there are folks yeah. that are trying to help them. Like, at the end of the day, this is about a pandemic. It's not about us who are displaced, you know, because of it. But because of a pandemic, people are actually suffering. And and so we want to we want to pray for those folks and keep that in mind. Um, and so I know Pope Francis is doing a, you know, blessing, a benediction, Irby et Arby, which means... Uh, for the city to the world. Uh, so the Pope does a blessing uh, for the city because he's the Bishop of Rome, and the blessing is for the, ro- the world because he is the, the Pope for all the people, right? He's yeah, so earlier of Christ. At, at noon today our time, um, 6 p.m. Rome time, he did that blessing, and hopefully you got to participate. You can watch it after the fact, but I'm not sure you still get the indulgence. I don't think that is true. You have to watch it live? It's kind of a... You should have done that, it's yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense, though. Like, you attended through the Internet the thing that happened at that moment. Hmm. But maybe you can get it. I don't know. So, yeah, well, yeah. It's but worth anyway, watching so anyway. There's, there's a blessing. and, and uh, But anyway, we're, what he's asking is that um, we he's asking us to offer that indulgence for the suffering of folks who are going through this tough time. So, you know, during this time, like, we're, we're asked to th- to think and pray for other people to not just think about yeah, ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, man, over 8,000 people have died in Italy from this virus. I mean, think about that. Like, for good reason, we remember 9-11 as this traumatic day where we lost so many lives in a, it seemed like an instant, yeah. right? Over 3,000 American lives between the World Trade Center and the Pentagon in D.C. And they've had almost three 9-11s in Italy so far from you know, just a couple of weeks it's crazy. Of, of an epidemic, they've lost that many citizens. Uh, and that's just Italy. Yeah. You know, there's China, there's the U.S. now has the most cases, actual number of cases in the world. Um, thankfully, our death toll is not of the same per capita percentage yet, you know. But uh, it's a serious situation, so we want to keep that in prayer for sure and keep praying for those that are helping the dying because they're they're exposed, you know. We have uh, 60 healthcare workers in New Orleans at Oshner's that have tested positive because they've been taking care of people with corona. Yeah. Putting their lives on the line to save others. Right. No, absolutely. We've got to keep those folks in mind. You know, and I think that we all step back and say, well, you know, what is God trying to show us and teach us during this time? Like, let's not let this time be wasted, you know. Um, how can I grow? What is God trying to teach me and even show me? How's he trying to grow empathy and and um, sacrifice and selflessness during this time? What, what virtue is he trying to grow into me? There, there's a lot that each of us individually can step back and, and sort of evaluate. When. Yeah, I think one thing he's trying to teach me is is the art of the visit. Hmm. 
the art of the visit. And I think a lot of us struggle with visiting these days because, well, lots of reasons. But I think maybe one reason that God kind of put in my mind is, um, you know, my grandparents are all deceased now, and that's been a while. Um, but I remember visiting older folks. I don't know if you remember this, Paul, but you basically, when this happens, you sit in a chair, they sit in a chair. If you're blessed enough to have a rocking chair, you just rock back and forth. You might have coffee in your hands, but you literally just sit there and rock, drink your coffee for maybe 20 minutes, maybe an hour. Just visit. Yeah. And you're, it's, it's slightly awkward maybe, but you're not in a rush to say things. Mm -hmm. You know, not every minute has to have conversation in it and you're just with the person. Right. And I think God's trying to teach me how to do this with my own family. You know, the art of the visit, just sit down and we don't have to be constantly talking. We can just take our time with this. Um, also visiting people on video calling, you know, that we can't see. There's an art to that, to the visit. And I think it's a it's a lost art that God's trying to teach me. And, and this is often our prayer life too when we're praying with God. You know, we're just kind of sitting, kneeling, and not every moment has dialogue in it, but we're just in each other's presence. Yeah, absolutely. All right, speaking of that, what we've learned, let's go through a six-pack of Corona. Question. You just back a Corona. You just can't. You went for it. You just can't let it go, can you? I mean, that's something. I mean, <laughs> you just can't let it go. Can't let it go. All right, so question number one. So we covered a good bit of ground today. We started with not wasting our time that we have. Um, so my question number one is, Paul George, you've worked with people a lot on their life and helping them improve their life as like a life coach and that kind of thing. What are some helpful tips you found work with people where they need to reassess their daily schedule and make sure their time is being used well? What are some tips we can use in doing that? Well, you know, one of the, one of the, you know, the, this time is kind of, you know, a time where we can evaluate, you know, um, sort of, you know, we're working at home now or, you know, we're ha more time at home or, you know, we can't go out to eat. We can't do a lot of things. We can't stay busy. Right. Um, and I think we can find out that we can get certain things done a lot faster and quicker than we used to, you know, thought we could, or we can work from home and do things. And, we're evaluating our schedule. I think what we're, a lot of people are realizing is I waste a lot of time. I waste a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that is what if I took that wasted time and begin to invest it in things that are super important and that are real and tangible, like visiting, like you said, like with my kids, with my wife, having a date night at home, having uh, talk time with my kids. Like, And then when you when life gets back to quote-unquote normal again, you know, when all this is over is that those important things will be in my schedule and all those things that weren't important that were in my schedule before I don't even need anymore. You know, like I don't need that wasted time. Uh, but my time is really spent with great intention to be the person that I want to be the husband, the wife, the spouse, the father, the mother, the child, whatever. Nice. All right, question number two. We talked about trusting in Jesus, and you talked about this idea of surrender, like jumping off the cliff. Um, tell me about a, a time where you literally had to do something like that, like jump off a cliff or like rock climb or something. It was, was it easy for you? Was it tough for you? Or are you one of the ones that just jump off easy? Uh, if you dare me, I'll do it when I was younger. Uh, I fell off a cliff once on, a, on an ATV. That hurt few stitches in the head Gosh. And, and the leg that was not by choice, but by accident. Um, I did bungee jump and I was dared to do that and I'm afraid of heights, but, uh, to prove everyone wrong, I did jump. I hated it. Still do. <laughs> would you do it again? I would do it again if you dared me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there have been times where I've been afraid to do certain things in life. And I've had to just step out and do them, you know, mm -hmm. whether that be things I'm uncomfortable with in, in my work, um, things I'm uncomfortable with at home or in my marriage and just say, you know, like for me to grow and be the person God wants me to be, I got to do this. Like I, I got to just jump, you know, and it's okay to close your eyes and jump. You know, you don't have to see where you're going. 
you know, blind faith. God will catch you, you know? So maybe God's asking you to do something or be something or change something. Just jump, like close your eyes and jump. Jesus will catch you. Trust me, the deep end of the pool, it's the same water as the shallow end. It's the same water. Hmm. The water does not change, right? You just, uh, you know, you just can't stand. So someone has to catch you. Wow. Love that pool analogy. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question number three. Uh, We talked about this time we have more time with our family and things like that. Can you uh, recommend to us ways of interacting with each other in like a lighthearted, fun way when we feel stressed out? You know what I'm saying? Like maybe we don't feel like taking out Yahtzee, you know, or whatever. Um, But we need to as a family to have as much lightheartedness as we can. Yeah, and I think there's times where, hey, I need my alone time, some downtime, I need some prayer time, you know, but I think it is important that you kind of say, okay, we need this family time. Everybody put your phones away, screens off, like we're going to play a game or we're going to talk or we're eating together or we're saying a family prayer um, and just doing it and saying it because if not, like the time just gets eaten up by distractions. You know, your kids are schooling, you know, someone's working, you know, people are on their phone, you know, kids are doing TikToks and making videos and, you know, before you know it, like the day's gone. And so just saying, okay, what are the most important things that we can do today as a family? Okay. We want to play a game. We want to, uh, pray. Uh, we want to eat together. Uh, and we want to spend some time outside together doing a picnic and whatever, make those things happen. Just be intentional about it. Plug it into the schedule. I know you guys are, you know, good at this because, you know, you guys had already homeschooled. And so, Y'all are used to being at home, kind of having a rhythm at home and doing certain things together, um, you know. So, but maybe you guys are experiencing a little bit more. Like, hey, we're home too much. We're used to getting out of the house because we're homeschooled. You know, you guys might be experiencing a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, it is different. I mean, because we can't leave. Right. You just stay home. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, and thank God the weather's been decent. You know, we can yes. be outside, but you know, like. If we're stuck inside, which some people may may be who are listening to this. I know uh, it was snowing up north. I'm like, hey, you can't get, you can't, you know, it's like crazy. But you know, I think it's just being intentional about those things. And, and you know, um, I don't want to always watch the movie that somebody wants to watch or play the game that somebody wants to play. And for me, it's not about maybe the movie or the game. It's about the interaction and the time together. So put maybe aside the things that you want to do or what you enjoy and what you'll end up enjoying is just the time spent with the folks that you're spending it with. Right on. All right. Question number four, Paul George, um, give us some tips on this trusting Jesus thing. Um, you mentioned surrender, you mentioned, uh, these kinds of things. What has helped you in those times where you found it difficult? Like how, how do we actually get over that hump and, and take the leap if we're finding some trouble in that, especially right now where maybe our job is uncertain, our income's uncertain, our um, health is uncertain. In the midst of uncertainty, how do we how do we actually trust Jesus when it's difficult? Yeah, I don't know if, if it's something that we never don't do, because trusting Jesus is like it's being in relationship with Jesus, right? Mm. So we're never not in relationship with the Lord um, unless we choose not to be. But it... Th- the hump or it gets easier in a sense of the more that we do it, you know? So like if you, if you bungee jump once, it's, it's not as, you know what to expect the next time you might be just as afraid, but you know what to expect. Right. Um, and you know, you do it over and over again. And I remember a guy telling me who was a retired paratrooper who, you know, parachuted for a living, the, the armed forces. And he said, you know, the first 100 jumps, they all they jump tandem so for the first hundred jumps that you're learning you're jumping with someone and then your hundred and first one you're jumping on your own and by the time you jump on your own after your hundred and first jump you know what to expect you know what it feels like you know what to do you know what cord to pull you know all those things and although you're probably still just as afraid the jump gets easier because you've done it over and over again where our relationship with God is similar in a sense of the more and more you just jump and trust, 
you're still fearful, but you know what to expect. You know, it gets easier in a sense of like, I know who I'm trusting right now. It may be hard. I may be going through a tough time, but I'm trusting Jesus. I trust in him more than I trust in myself. I'm going to lean on him more than my own understanding during this time. And so the more and more you do it, the better and better um, you get it just jumping, even though you're still afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I love the tandem jumping analogies because if sometimes you're afraid to jump, um, have someone jump with you. Have someone encourage you. And that's the importance of relationship with with good folks because they would say, yeah, jump. Like, trust Jesus. And like, oh, okay, yeah, I needed to hear that. You know? Mm-hmm. For married folks, it's jumping together. You know? It's, it's living in tandem uh, together and trusting Jesus together for, for, for those things. So, Love that. All right, question number five. Have you ever bungee jumped? I have not. Have you ever parachuted? No. Have you ever jumped off a cliff? Have you ever cliff no. dived? Have you ever? Well, you remember earlier how you said if you got dared to do it, you would do it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of opposite. Okay. You dare me to do something, I'll be like, mm, mm. no. Danger, danger, danger. No, I'm just like that. Dare has, in fact, it makes me not want to do it. So I don't dare you to bungee jump. Oh, now I have to. Now you have to. Okay, <laughs> I get it. It's the reverse psychology. It's probably like in high school if someone dared you to drink, you're like, no, I'm not doing it. Just right, like you you're not just not going to manipulate me like that. Right. No way, Jose. Right. I'm not falling <laughs> for your antics. <laughs> Love it. All right, question number five. Let's say we're, uh, we make a boo-boo and we don't trust Jesus in a situation or we're short with our wife or we or our spouse and we, we sin in these times and we can't necessarily get out of the house and like go, go to confession. I mean, a lot of places are offering confession, but the thing is like we... We're going to sin in this time. How do we reconcile this with God? We can't go to Mass. Some of us can go to confession. Some of us can't. Um, what are your tips on reestablishing that trust with Jesus if we break it, you know, or, like, or with our spouse while we're at home? Rack them um, and stack them, man. What does that mean? Rack them and stack them. Just stack up those <laughs> sins, and when confessions open up, <laughs> just bring in your baggage. Just put them on the shelf. Yeah, just keep racking them and stacking them. <laughs> You know, I think it is important for people to understand that we can pray and ask God for forgiveness for our sins, right? Like mm-hmm. we can have a conversation with God. It doesn't have to be just in the confessional, right? Um, this is why we're given a penance after. So we go and pray to God. We're not just, you know, using the priest to forgive our sins, but like we're in relationship with Jesus, right? And so outside of mortal sin, like we can, we can really pray and ask the Lord to forgive us and reconcile with God. And, you know, I find it important every day in my prayer time, uh, when I do pray to pray a prayer of repentance, like, Lord, forgive me of my shortcomings, you know, my times of failure specifically for whatever this, this, and this, you know, just to be in that humble relationship with the Lord to know that we're imperfect. So all of us are imperfect. We've all sinned. We're going to sin. We're going to mess up. So um, add that into your prayer every day is just this prayer of repentance. The Lord is very merciful and forgiving. Like he, you know, he's not just like, well, you know, I can't forgive you. I'm going to wait till you go into the hot box, you know, the confessional. And, uh, you know, so he, he wants to be in that relationship with you, you know? And, um, Two is like to reconcile with the folks that you've hurt, you know, so if you got in a fight with your spouse or your kids, it's like, you know, part of reconciliation is just going to them and saying, hey, I'm really sorry. Like that was not my intention or I totally like lost it and ask your forgiveness and reconcile there. So reconcile with God and reconcile with the other person and just like move on. Rack them, stack them and move on. Stack them. Rack them, stack them and move on. (laughs) Like this, you know, like. Bury those suckers, you know? We're talking about burying the, the old and moving on to the new. Like, dig a hole in the backyard, man. <laughs> All right, question. Bury, <laughs> bury your sins. <laughs> question number six, um, to round out our six-pack of Corona. All right. You, you had to say it. Well, you said it. I'm just repeating you. You couldn't let it go. Well, I mean, it's something. Something. It's something. Question number six. So give me a top do and a top don't as far as... You wasting this time or not wasting this time? As far as using this time well, give me a top do and a top don't. Well, I would say um, one of the top do's would be to 
um, notice or evaluate where do you waste time the most, you know? So, you know, I can waste a lot of time just on my phone, just randomly, you know, and it's not all bad stuff. It could be looking at news and updates and, you know, people are texting me or emailing and, you know, but then I can say, man, I've been on my phone a lot, you know? So one of the things I actually like is the accountability on the phone to tell you how long you've been on your phone. Mm -hmm. I actually like that. Some people don't like it. I like it because it'd be like, oh, ooh. let me just put my phone away. Right. So you can evaluate where do you lose time that's sort of like, mm, I could probably not be distracted as much with those things or doing those things. So don't be afraid to sort of evaluate where your time goes, you know, and to be honest about it. Like it's not this sort of self judgment, you know, type thing. And then, uh, you know, so that would be the top. Do the top don't would be don't waste the time that you have right now. Maybe it's a little bit more time because you're working from home and you're not commuting, or um, you know you're <clears throat> you're uh, you know your 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 workplace is hours or, or less. Whatever the case may be, um, invest that time that you're gaining uh, in, into things that are most important in your life, right? So we can still be distracted by, well, I want to do this, 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 and this. But, you know, what's most important? Maybe I need to repair my relationship with one of my kids. Maybe I need to spend more time with this kid because we just haven't connected. Or maybe my wife and I are now seeing each other a lot more, or my spouse and I, a lot more than we have. And this is weird. And maybe <laughs> we can use this time to really talk and visit and sit in a rocking chair and just drink coffee and talk about life. Like we're just being asked to be human again, like, you know, and let's not be distracted by all the things that distract us, but use this time to be intentional about the relationships that are most important in our life. So that's my encouragement. Right on. I Bur feel so encouraged. Bury the old. <laughs> Bury it. Bury it. Rack them and stack them. Rack them and stack them. I don't know what that means still. <laughs> <laughs> You're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't get it. You don't get it. But I f it feels good. Yeah, so I'll so, do it. So that's what you're going to do today, Adam. <laughs> you're going to rack them and stack them. It's going to be good. Thank you guys for uh, listening into the show. Uh, actually, you can get the show on podcast, and you can share it on um, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, on the website, discovertheartofliving.com. Uh, you can see all the things that we're doing. You can support the show. That would help us keep going as well as you know anything that you need. Uh, reach out to me and... You know, we can we can help. You need me to do a talk or um, even online, virtual now, mm -hmm. do virtual talks, apparently. Yeah. This is a thing. It's a thing. It's yeah. a good thing. You got my attention if we're virtual. Yeah. We're video conferencing. Virtual. I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Stay safe. Be healthy. God bless you.